0: Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey, hey guys, it's another Sunday night. It is time for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Delvina Thomas a board-certified psychiatrist here in South Florida. It has just been a wonderful, life is just wonderful, period. But the the last several months have been such a joy, man. I hope all of you are finding your joy and you know what makes you happy and you're working on trying to find what makes you happy because it is such a necessity. And I just wanna say again how much I really appreciate you guys coming on here, listening each week. Some of you listen every Sunday night. I see the numbers. The numbers are pretty consistent. You come on and you listen to hear what I'm talking about in my new episode, which of course, every Sunday night, there's a new episode. Sometimes it's just me, myself and I, and other times I have a guest on the couch, as I do tonight. So before I get into that, I just wanna say uh, big ups to Miami Media Group CEO is Dexter Bridgman. He is the owner of Miami Media Group, Miami Legacy. Um, He has done so many things in the community to bring uh, professionals together so that we can network, share information, share business together. He is like the, um, how shall I say? He's very similar to like the chamber. You guys know I'm a member of the Miami Dade Chamber of Commerce. Maybe you don't know, but now you do know. I'm also a member of the greater Fort Lauderdale uh, Chamber of Commerce. To those of you who are listening, who are entrepreneurs or want to start your own business or um, whatever, if you don't have a business, you're not starting a business, this will be a good way for you to network Uh, Regardless of what your position is professionally, network, get out there, meet people, talk, share ideas. Uh, Both uh, the chamber and Miami Media Group are very good connections to have and to make. So um, last night there was a gala. It it is um, or it was Miami Media's uh, 12th year putting on this gala. This gala is... um, an event that celebrates the Black professionals in South Florida. It is, and pardon me, I'm saying the 12th, it's the 16th, it was the 16th annual Legacy Power Gala. So they honored the most powerful and influential Black business leaders for 2022. Um, Throughout the year, Miami Media Group, they have certain categories and they award people certain things. And um, for what they do out in the community. Um, they award um, attorneys, they award um, entertainers, uh, musicians, including DJs. They award um, bankers and, uh, and people in journalism. Um, they did a very special tribute to Monica Richardson who is the editor for Miami Herald. She has been in her role for about six months. She is the first black executive editor for the Miami Herald. And it's so awesome that um, they were able to honor her and give her her flowers now. We need more of that. We need more of us, besides in the courtrooms, we need more of us out there um, just reporting on us and, and sharing information for all of us. So, um, There's a a lot of uh, people who were honored last night. These are legacy Miami's most influential and powerful Black professionals of 2022. There were 50 people from what's considered South Florida, which is Broward and also Palm Beach County. And then there's also Miami's 50 folks. And of course, out of those folks, we um, also had some special awards So there was a public official of the year, that is Keon McGee. There was a business of the year, big ups to Circle of One Marketing, led by Suzanne McDowell, the founder and the CEO. It's referred to Circle Gladiators. They're a tight-knit team, man. Also Corporate Executive of the Year, Monica Richardson, again. Again, she is the first Black editor, executive editor of the Miami Herald. The Trailblazer of the Year, Kanasha Paul. She is from Miami and she has done so many cool, amazing things for young black professionals. I've been a part of a couple of the events that she's had. Uh, last December, Miami Mayor Francis Flores announced uh, Kanasha's appointment as the director of the Venture Miami Opportunity Program, which is housed at FIU's Office of Engagement. It is a part of a partnership between the city of Miami and FIU. So with her team, Kanasha serves as a critical connector. She connects women entrepreneurs of color with investors, venture capitalists, and resources. The Community Service Organization of the Year is NABSHA. I'm sorry, I said NABJA. NABSHA is a different um, organization, but the initials are pretty similar. It's NABJ, the National Association of Black Journalists. Um, And so the business person of the year is moi, me, Dr. Delvina Thomas, the owner and CEO of DRT Behavioral Services, which is more than a business. It is a passion to spread the benefits of mental wellness. You guys know that I tirelessly advocate for mental wellness education in our communities. And I'm so honored to have been named the business person of the year. Every leader cannot get the job done without great folks on their team, including your administrative team and your clinical team, if you're someone who's in medicine. So I just wanted to do that short introduction and talking about those things, uh, because last night was just an amazing night. 550 Black professionals in the same room hearing about what folks, what trailblazers have been doing and what people are doing. So. Anyhow, moving on, tonight is a topic that many women have been eagerly awaiting. Um, I wanted to do this topic live on YouTube. However, uh, you know, OB-GYNs are very busy doctors. And so I was able to snag Dr. Lawrence Stitt for a few moments to do this podcast to get on the couch with me so he can share information with us about menopause. And we're talking about all stages of menopause, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. And keep listening because he's going to tell us there is a female Viagra. So listen and you will learn something guys. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey, hey guys, guess what? I have something and someone very special on my couch tonight i have joining me on the couch tonight dr lawrence o stitt the third and actually i probably said that improperly because you know for a long time i didn't really know this guy's real name (laughs) so his his real name is otis lawrence stitt the third welcome on the couch dr stitt
1: thank you very much dr thomas how are you today (laughs) And yes, you did get my name wrong. It's Otis Lawrence Stitt <laughs> I third. I
0: said that. I corrected myself and said it. <laughs>
1: I appreciate your efforts.
0: <laughs> thank you. And listen, Dr. Stitt, thank you so much for coming on the couch tonight. I know that you are super busy because you are a savior for women. And ladies, you'll understand why I am making that comment Dr. Stid is the medical director for the University of Maryland Capital Region Health. So he is a woman's specialist. And although I'm saying he, 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 yes, obviously he is a man, but he knows so much about our bodies that I brought him on as the expert tonight so that we can have this conversation about menopause. Just last night I was at an event and a young lady walked up to me and she said, I need to make an appointment with you. I don't know what's happening to me. I'm not as motivated as I usually, as I once was. I'm also noticing I'm forgetting things. My concentration hasn't been proper and I have no sexual appetite. I have no libido, Dr. Delvina. I need to come and see you. I think maybe I'm depressed. And I said to her, because I learned one time I had a patient and I missed something with her. And I said, I will never, ever miss this again. And I said, sis, how old are you? She told me 47. I said, have you been to your gynecologist so that they can check your hormonal levels to rule out something physical? Because everything that we feel like the low motivation, low energy Uh, memory interruptions, these things are not always due to our mental health or a mental health disorder. She said, no, I said, I need you to go to see your gynecologist first. So that way they can rule out menopause or perimenopause. So we have Dr. Stid here on the couch with us. Dr. Stid, thank you again for being here.
1: Thank you, Dr. Thomas. I appreciate the opportunity to come and share my experience. As you said three times, he, he, he. It's important to me to say that, uh, you know, as we are in this society today, and we need to really recognize the importance of the pronouns that we use. I am a male that's here to take care of women. That is my job. I've been in the field for over 20 years, and I've experienced a lot of complaints uh, very similar to the patient you just mentioned as it pertains to the perimenopausal state, the menopausal state, um, and believe it or not, Dr. Thomas, I refer to you just as much as you refer to me because after I get finished going through the physiological gynecological issues that women may have, sometimes it's not menopause and I have to seek your experience and expertise when we talk about how to treat patients further. So I thank you for this opportunity to share and I look forward to uh, discussing it.
0: Awesome. Before we go any farther, ladies, I want you to understand why Dr. Stitt is the expert tonight on this topic, this is a very important topic because I've had several women talk to me about this. Some women have dryness, some women don't, um, they have very low libido or no libido at all. So we gotta have a chat about this. Dr. Lawrence Stitt. He is a board-certified OB/GYN, obstetrician-gynecologist who specializes in minimally invasive gynecological surgery. He helps us. He helps women with a wide range of gynecological conditions, including abnormal bleeding, pelvic pain, fibroids, which we have to talk about that soon, ladies, and endometriosis. In his youth, Dr. Stitt was fascinated by understanding how things work. Dr. Stitt said, I could make a joke about that, but I'm going to move on, okay?
1: (laughs) That's okay. I I figured that your mind was thinking. Go ahead, ma'am.
0: So you were fascinated by understanding how things work, aka how the woman's body works. He came to realize that the human body was the most complex machine imaginable. Further, that female body is more complex than the male body thanks to its role in reproduction and its delicate balance of hormones. Ladies, we are complicated. And Dr. Stitt will come on in the future uh, for some future episodes so that you can understand why I say we are complicated. We're complicated because. We can reproduce, we can create a body, we can create a human being. And we also have all these hormones that we're trying to balance that can affect us mentally as well as physically. Dr. Stid also realized early on that women faced significant challenges accessing healthcare and having their concerns taken seriously ob-gyne was a perfect opportunity for him to play around. <laughs> I almost made a joke. Like I said, I can't. You and your, so funny. You and your
1: jokes, <laughs> Dr. Thomas. Okay, can you get through this without those jokes?
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, guys, please forgive me. Okay, but comedy is definitely the uh, the upper, the higher level. Uh, defense mechanism and we know com- comedy is therapy guys so it's Sunday night is mental health and wellness we're talking with Dr. Stitt okay back on point here Obigan was a perfect opportunity for him to offer women the care and respect they deserve while leveraging his skills as a surgeon he is a darn good surgeon combined with the knowledge of their unique physiology Again, as a man, Dr. Stitt is keenly aware that he has to work harder to put his patients at ease, considering he is a male who specializes and trained and is trained and focused on women's health. Quote, the physician patient relationship is very personal and intimate, and it is important that both the patient and physician feel comfortable discussing delicate matters, close quote. That's from Dr. Stitt. Dr. Stitt works to earn his patient's trust from the very first visit by listening to his patients and letting them express themselves in their words and in their own time. And this is important for me to say, guys, all jokes aside, quote from Dr. Stitt, the first thing I ask every patient is, how can I help you? Then I listen to them without interruption. This is their time to tell me what they need, and I respect that, close quote. And I love that you say that, Dr. Stitt, because a lot of doctors do not allow patients to talk, and you do that. So, guys, Dr. Stitt, he wants all of his patients to know that he is committed to their health and their well-being. Welcome on the couch again, Dr. Lauren Stitt.
1: Thank you again, Dr. Thomas. That was a, a wonderful introduction, and, and I thank you for that. Um, you know, when I think about patients that I see every day, I think about opportunities missed in some of the other offices where patients come in with these complaints. And when I think about health disparities and how they exist, I, I just feel compelled to really focus on filling the gap where I can. So um, let's let's get started.
0: Yeah, man. So let's start, Dr. Stitt, with what is menopause?
1: Menopause can be an exciting time for some patients. I I have patients who are excited about the opportunity to approach menopause and get to that point at which bleeding stops, and they can't wait to get there. I have patients who are right on the cusp of menopause, the perimenopausal patients, who don't understand what's going on with their body because of the The interplay between the hormones, the estrogen, the progesterone, the forgetfulness, the what's going on with my body, why is this dryness occurring? Why am I hot? Why am I cold? What's going on? And then there are the patients who reach that state of menopause, who are adapting, adjusting, and figuring out this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. So when we talk about menopause, we talk about the changes that take place in a woman's body where the natural hormones that started to be released during puberty are now starting to decline. And there are a lot of changes associated with that.
0: Okay. So, so you said a lot of, um, a lot of important things you drop some gems than just that first answer. But what I want to tease out from that is ladies menopause is, is what Dr. Stitt said. It's when you stop menstruating, you're no longer um, experiencing a menses every month. Is that correct, Dr. Stitt?
1: Yes. So, you know, what we usually say, Dr. Thomas, is that when menopause happens, a woman has gone 12 menstrual cycles without bleeding. Anything less than that is perimenopause. So, for example, sometimes there are patients that come in and say, Doc, listen, I went three months without a cycle. Then it came. I said, okay, you're not there yet. Then they said, well, listen, I, I went six months after that. And then my cycle came. I said, you're still not there yet. I said, well, I'm having hot flashes and I'm, you know, cold sweats. And I said, you're not there yet, man. Clinically, what we say is after 12 menstrual cycles without bleeding, you've achieved menopause. And the reason why we say that is because um, tests have shown that if you evaluate the hormone level after that 12 month, you see that, yeah, these hormones are very, very low. But prior to that, They can be varying between low, medium, and high. And this is why we have all these symptoms that we talk about. But once you get to that 12-month period, things calm down a little bit.
0: Okay, ladies. So some of you come to me and you're in your 30s and you're like, I think I'm in menopause. Um, Can you prescribe me a patch? I'm like, first of all, I'm not a gynecologist. Yes, I work with mood and things like that. But you're in your 30s, so more than likely you are not in menopause." So Dr. Stitt just told all of you that menopause is diagnosed after after you've gone 12 months, at least without a menstrual period, meaning you do not get your monthly visitor for 12 months. Then you are considered to be in menopause. Dr. Stitt, can menopause happen in your 40s?
1: It can, you know, there are states um, that occur Patients can come in, you know, 39, 40 years old and have missed cycles. And, you know, premature ovarian failure is what we call it sometimes when it's just a big word that just means that the ovaries stop making hormones. Uh, And that can happen at 37, 38, 39 years old. But, you know, what else can mimic menopause that is just baffling to some patients? Pregnancy. Pregnancy. So, oh boy. when I have patients come in and tell me, doc, I'm in menopause," you know, I'm 39 years old. I'm having all these hot flashes. I'm sick. I'm forgetting stuff. I don't know what's going on in my body. I said, "You know, excuse me. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm a, just a simple gyn surgeon obstetrician. Can I do a pregnancy <laughs> test?" <laughs> I'm and just a say, simple gyn. <laughs> <laughs> they say, "Well, I don't know why you want to do a pregnancy test because I know I, you know, I, I've been protecting myself. I've been doing." I said, "Okay, ma'am, go ahead." And then. Lo and behold, there are times when I've diagnosed pregnancy that way. So getting back to your your initial question about can it happen in your forties? Yes, it can. Sometimes a rule of thumb to use is talk to mom, find out if you can. Um, When is she going to menopause? How old was she? Because sometimes genetically you can mimic what your mother has done as far as menopause and her gynecological care. So it's important to know what she's gone through. And as we get into, uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Dr. Thomas Fibroids. You know, July is Fibroid Awareness Month. I'm hoping we'll get the opportunity to share next, uh, this coming July. Uh, you'll see that there is a significant genetic predisposition to what women go through as it pertains to menopause and other gynecological issues.
0: Okay, wow. So what is the average age that women enter menopause?
1: you know, it ranges, it's different. Like I said, you know, it, it kind of depends on, on on what your your family has experienced. But generally, if you look at the state at which you start experiencing symptoms, it's usually between 46 to 47 through 52. That window is when most women will experience some signs or symptoms of menopause. And that's what perimenopause will start.
0: Oh Lord, I'm in that phase. I'm 46. I just turned 46 in January, no secret to my listeners and my patients.
1: My goodness. Oh, you're, so, I'm a 46-year-old. You are a fabulous 46-year-old say... ma'am. I just want to let you know you're doing that thing. However, it's <laughs> important to know that, you know, there are patients who I talk to who are, are 50 and still having monthly menstrual cycles. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, there are outliers. But generally, it's between that time period. So you may not experience anything for the next few years. It depends on a lot. It depends on your overall health, your overall fitness, uh, your overall mindset, and your levels of stress. So all this plays a role in this whole new cause. So I I think it's important to, to say that, yeah, some people experience it at 46, but I have a patient that I'm caring for right now who's 51 who hasn't stopped having cycles yet
0: okay okay so there's there's stages right so there's perimenopause there's menopause and is there something called postmenopause
1: yeah so you know i'm glad you asked that question because you know a lot of what we do is we talk about perimenopause you know why am i having this abnormal bleeding and it can be light it can be heavy during the perimenopause time there's no re- way to really diagnose what type of bleeding that, that you could possibly be having. We talk about menopause, going through that 12-month period. And once you go through that 12-month period, you're, you're in menopause. But that period after menopause, that period at which you should be just smooth sailing, bleeding gone, maybe a hot flash once a week, maybe twice a <laughs> week, but not every day, five times a day. No pain, nothing, but something pops up. Something pops up. And what we often see, not emotionally so much, not involving hormones, but we see abnormal bleeding. And that's something that we can talk about a little bit later. But that postmenopause period is after menopause has taken place, after those 12 months have passed, and after there's been sort of an adaptation to what's going on.
0: So, when does perimenopause take place?
1: That's a good question. So, perimenopause starts when you're pre-menopausal symptoms uh, or your pre-menopausal state changes. So you're having normal menstrual cycles, right? They come every uh-huh. 21 to 32 days and they've been doing this for six years and all of a sudden, boom! Something happens. You miss a cycle. Uh-huh. You start getting confused. Your cycle comes you're like, "Doc, what's going on with me. Um, I think my, my thyroid is off. I gain weight and um, I miss the cycle. No, ma'am. Your thyroid is fine. You need to diet and exercise, and you're getting into that point at which we need to pay closer attention to your female hormones. So, you know, it can, start, it can start at any time, but one of the classic findings is that your normal cycles and your normal experiences stop. So, for example, you can still have breast tenderness. You can, you can still have cycles that, that come periodically, but they may start extending. You may go from having a cycle that lasts seven days to one that lasts 14 days. And you may miss a month. And the next time it may last 21 days and you may miss two months. So those types of changes are usually indicators that, yeah, perimenopause is about to start. Get ready.
0: So what type of symptoms can women um, experience during that perimenopause phase, like those years leading up to um Starting the 12 months of no menses or no menstruation, what type of symptoms can occur? You mentioned a few of them, but I want you to explicitly state. And women, we're we're just talking about what the potential symptoms are. If you experience some of this, this is not a program to diagnose you. You have to go see your gynecologist and your, your primary care physician. Uh, we are not diagnosing uh, during this this episode. We are just giving you guys some education and information. So Dr. Stitt, what symptoms could women potentially experience, let's say the years leading up to menopause prior to their, their menses stopping completely?
1: Uh, Dr. Thomas, I appreciate that disclaimer for all that are interested. This is for educational purposes only. Please do not use any of this for any serious diagnoses. Thank you. Um, but yeah, when you talk about what symptoms people experience or patients experience women specifically? What I see most often is I see my patients coming in. It's this is it's this cool little fan. It's, it's handheld. <laughs> they pull out their while well, I'm talking. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? I, you a know, I can have
0: hey, hold up, hold up, doctor said. <laughs> a lot of my line sisters use that little fan. <laughs> Shout out to let, my let line sisters you. from Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated Broward <laughs> County Alumni Chapter. Love
1: y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Let me tell you this. What I will say is, I can have a full-on conversation, or at least start a conversation on a very serious topic, and um it could be about anything. It can be about uh, a mom's daughter who's having symptoms or of 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 heavy bleeding, or it can be um, a sister telling me about her other sister who has fibroids and asking if I can if I can see on her behalf. Then they pull out this fan. And, you know, I stopped my conversation right in my track. I said, wait a minute. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm hot. I'm hot. I said, OK, <laughs> let's stop right here. Let's find out why you're hot. What's going on? Why are you hot? What's been going on for such and such a month? I said, well, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. I said, have you ever had to raise the window at nighttime, put your head in the freezer, kind of trying to AC on when everybody else is not feeling that way? She said, yeah, I do. I said, you're having signs of perimenopause. I said, how old are you? 43, 46, anywhere around that time period, Dr. Thompson, is, is, what, is what I see. So, you know, one of the first signs and one of the first clues that I get is I get the what we call vasomotor symptoms. That's when you start feeling hot and you start sweating when everyone else is, you know, just nice and relaxed. Other things that I see, increase in irritability. So, why, why, why are women irritable? Why are you so upset? Like, why are you coming in and just, you know, going crazy over me? I'm just trying to help you. Like, why are you upset? Well, <laughs> what, I find, what I find, Dr. Thomas, is that, you know, when I do a deep dive and delve into what's really going on, what I find, Dr. Thomas, is that these vasomotor symptoms, they're occurring at night and patients are getting up, cooling off at night. And what happens when you get up? You break your sleep. If you break your sleep and you only get four or five hours of sleep, I would be irritable too the next day. So that irritability is expressed as subsequent insomnia and that difficulty sleeping. So that's another sign that I see. I see irritability and insomnia. But just to name a few, we can, we, there's, there's several, but when you talk about the most common signs I see, those are the ones.
0: Okay. So you covered hot flashes, the sweating during the night. Uh, We talked about earlier the heavy bleeding that can occur for a day or two or kind of the irregularities and the the menses, the irregular menstrual cycles. You talked about the irritability. I'll add to that. It's, you know, could be mood swings, feeling sad one day, feeling happy the next, feeling very angry the next. Um, Also, you mentioned weight gain somewhere in there. You were talking and um, you mentioned weight gain too. Women, you can also experience fatigue, feeling tired. Like I mentioned in the very beginning, the young lady who approached me last night, she said she's not motivated at all. She's always tired. So she experiences fatigue. Now, this is the next thing I want to mention is what women have come to me about and they want help. It's their low libido and their vaginal dryness. That happens also during um, the stages leading up to menopause and during menopause. Probably more so during menopause the vaginal dryness would that be correct Dr. Stitt if it's simply because of the fluctuating hormones.
1: That that would be correct. That is when you you typically see it set in. There are signs that typically occur prior to recognizing, hey my vagina's dry. Uh, typically
0: <laughs> hey my vagina's dry
1: <laughs> because a lot of patients that I come in that I see that you know they come in and I'm like hey Doc, um, I don't know what's going on, but it hurts when I have sex. Well, then I have to go through the whole, you know, well, have you had any exposures, any STD? Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. Dr. sit. though, flag on the play. One second. So they say it hurts when I have sex. Do they also couple that with I'm dry or I notice when it hurts, I'm not moist. I'm not getting as wet as I used to or do they just say it hurts when I have sex are they realizing the pain is coming because they're dry
1: no initially no In- initially wow. it's, it's dyspernia or pain with intercourse and I have to you know I listen I say well tell me about this pain when does it occur does it occur every time you know does it occur when you use toys does it occur when you are with your partner does it occur mm-hmm. um, with the same partner? All these questions you must ask because you have to get to the bottom of this. So if it's the same partner, if it's with and without the use of toys, then I have to start asking other questions. Do you have any itchiness down there? Because sometimes the dryness can be associated with itching. And when I hear that, I then I ask, tell me about the dryness. How long can you have intercourse without? Feeling as though everything's dry. The answer is typically with patients who present with pain at 46, 47 years old. Not very long. That we got a whole bunch of little at home. Well, there you go. Now let's start talking about perimenopause. Mm, let's start okay. talking about the decrease in estrogen that your body's experiencing. So, and so all that. They, yeah. So they
0: so they mask it because they're using lubricants and they're not necessarily uh trying to understand. Wait a minute, I used to get soaking wet before, but now I have to use a lubricant.
1: Something yes. could be wrong. You know, when you think about something being wrong, nobody wants to say something's wrong with me. I, exactly. I, no one wants to have a problem. And
0: and that's where I'm headed eventually because I like vaginal dryness to erectile dysfunction for men. So the same way men are embarrassed about seeking help or admitting that they have developed ED, erectile dysfunction, women who have vaginal dryness are also ashamed and embarrassed to just say, doc, my pussy ain't getting wet. Excuse my French guys, but you know, sometimes you just got to say things the way that they are. So I I think the two kind of, you know, they're very similar. People feel ashamed to admit it uh, because for women you hear men talk about uh, the vagina. They want it soaking wet, soppy wet, blah, blah, blah. And so le- women, we're talking about vaginal dryness that is uh, an issue because of biological or chemical things not being imbalanced. We're talking about menopause here. Now, let's step outside of that. Aside from vaginal dryness, that's due to an imbalance of your female hormones, there's vaginal dryness that can occur that you notice may only happen with certain, you know, a certain person. Uh, maybe you've been in a relationship with some other person and they were able to help you um, enter that initial phase of sex, and you were uh, you had no issue naturally lubricating yourself. But then with this other guy, there's an issue. So we want to separate the two because sometimes you're with a mate who is just not savvy in the bedroom. Um, And so those are two totally different things. I was listening and Dr. said, sorry, I got to interject this. This is just a little sidebar. I was on Instagram and one of the influencers talked about how he and his girl have been together so long. And he said, because I lick it before I stick it, he takes care of the vagina. He does things to help stimulate her so that she becomes naturally lubricated. So I just want women to know these are two separate things, as you were, Dr. Stitt.
1: Thank you very much for that insightful interjection, Dr. Thomas. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I have patients that tell me, you know, I use all sorts of colorful ways to describe their female parts. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I, I understand, and you know, it, 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 it is what it is. I, I use something very similar, you know, when patients come in and tell me that, you know, I have patients who come in and tell me that they have vaginal dryness and they're 29, 28, you know, 30 years old. And what you said was, was key, you know, this whole mentality of looking like, before you stick it. What I found, and you and please chime in on this, is that when I talk to patients about uh, sexual dysfunction uh, and, you know, and I, I correlate this, you know, in someone who has sexual dysfunction to patients who are suffering from menopause, uh, it's because sometimes uh, that person isn't putting in that time necessary prior to to really get that stimulation going. So, some of my menopausal patients, I ask, "How much time do you spend in foreplay?" As I'm trying to stratify them and trying to determine what we need to prescribe to correct this dysfunction that she's suffering from. And some of them say, "Well, I've been my man for 20 years. We don't do that stuff no more. We just lay down and do it." I said, "Well, hey, uh, me." <laughs> Ah, <laughs> maybe you know you know how long do y'all do it when y'all can do it we do it for about 10 15 minutes i said well why don't you take that 10 15 minutes the same amount of time y'all spend doing it spend that amount of time together before touching fondling caressing and see if that changes things and if it doesn't well then may you know maybe it may be true overall dysfunction but believe it or not in some cases i have the husband come and say doc i don't know what you did man but this is great and he's happy, and that's all that the patient really wants is satisfaction from our mate. So it's important to include that type of idea as well when we're talking about menopause. How does it correlate to patients who are not that age but still suffering from the same problems?
0: Exactly, absolutely. And ladies who are asking who are in their 30s and uh, 40s, I have had friends who um, shared with me that they have difficulty with vaginal dryness, um, And some of them will say, no, he licks it. He eats it. He does a very good job. It feels really good. I just cannot get wet. So guys, in the future, I should say, you know, guys, I'm using that loosely, ladies, in the future, perhaps Dr. Stitt will come back on the couch and we'll talk about vaginal dryness, not associated with menopause or perimenopause. And um, he can talk about some recommendations on what tests you should get what levels you should get checked, because I don't know if, you know, do these women have high levels of testosterone and low levels of estrogen and progesterone, you know. Um, So yeah, that'll be a different conversation. All right, Dr. Stitt. So we have defined menopause. We've talked about the stages. We've talked about the symptoms for the most part that are seen during perimenopause as well as menopause. So now we got to get to the nitty gritty as we're concluding this talk. And the nitty gritty is what can women do? What should women start to do? How do they seek relief from menopause? And also, let's start with perimenopause first. What can can a woman do during perimenopause? She's still menstruating, whether it's a regular or not, but she has developed symptoms um, that suggest she's in the phase of perimenopause. What can she do to help herself?
1: That's a great question at the time. The first thing I recommend that a woman does is to seek out her health provider. You know, there are a lot of things that mimic perimenopause. Um, when you talk about hot flashes, patients who have abnormal thyroid levels can often have this sweating episode. Um, when you talk about patients who have a lack of menstruation, There are certain hormones that are released from the brain. If they're released at an elevated level, they can stop menstruation. So when these things start happening, I would recommend that a woman see her provider, whether it's a nurse practitioner, family medicine doctor, or an OBGYN. I would not recommend going to the health food store and trying to find a remedy simply because it could be something else. However, after the diagnosis has been made, We now have the ability to come up with a number of recommendations, whether they be non-medical, non-hormonal, or hormonal, to treat the symptoms that exist, especially as we move closer to menopause.
0: Okay. You get that, guys? you got to go to the doctor. Stop self-diagnosing yourselves. Stop doing it. Okay, so menopause, what can women do? During menopause,
1: well, menopause—you know—the thing about Dr. Thomas, menopause is not a death sentence. You know, I, I hope every woman uh, listening gets the opportunity to go to menopause and get there because it means that you've done something uh, to ensure that 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 you've survived. You know, um, yeah. what can you what can you do when you get there? Again, um, try to determine what works best for you. Uh, make sure. you you talk to a healthcare provider to make that official diagnosis. But again, it's not a death sentence. It just means that things need to be done. For example, if you're in menopause and you are having problems with the vasomotor symptoms, the, the high flashes, you're drenching your clothes, you can't go anywhere, and you need treatment. Let's say you try some of the natural medications, the black cohorts is one that's commonly recommended by healthcare providers, and they don't work. Well, There are certain things that need to be evaluated, specifically your family history, because if there's anyone in the family that has had breast cancer or ovarian cancer or any other types of cancers, you may not be a candidate for hormonal therapy. And then we may need to try something else. So in menopause, there are options available, uh, medical therapy hormonal therapy is not for everyone but for those that it does benefit they really enjoy it there are a lot of there are a lot of preparations that can be used there's pills that can be taken there's patches that can be worn there's a gel dr thomas there's a gel that you can rub on your butt and that's it once a day there you go and you are treated so once you're in menopause there are a lot of options that are available. Most of them treat the menopausal symptoms. If we are talking about vaginal dryness in menopause, there's ways to treat that too. So I guess what I'm trying to say in summary, when we look at a comprehensive evaluation of menopause, there are ways to reduce the symptoms associated with menopause and overall improve a woman's quality of life.
0: Well, ladies, there it is. Menopause does not have to be a death sentence. You do not have to um, experience despair and frustration, or as you're inching closer and closer to that, that time period, you will be okay. You will be fine, ladies, especially if you have a thorough and uh, phenomenal gynecologist like Dr. Stitt. The important thing is to have the conversation because it is complicated being a woman can be complicated so you need someone who is um understanding allows you to talk and will explain everything to you it sounds like you spend a lot of time explaining to your patients dr Stitt.
1: i do that's you know i'm a surgeon i operate i do a lot of things with my hands when it pertains to patients in surgery i have to be careful with you dr thomas um
0: See,
1: I, had, I did not have a joke in mind. have a joke, but quick, everything. Um, but, you know, education is key in just talking to patients and trying to spend time. You know, when I had a patient come see me the other day and she said, you know, I looked you up, I Googled you. I said, that's great. Um, You know, did, do you have any questions about anything you saw about my, my profile online? She said, no, no, no. It was all, you know, all four and a half stars. I said, well, you know, you can't make everybody happy. Then. She said, okay, I get it. She said, but what they said, is that you listen to all your patients. And I think that finding a provider that can listen to you, as you said, uh, Dr. Thomas, earlier, is key. Now, before, before we wrap up, I just want to just put this out there. You know, you mentioned that your friend that you talked to or your associate you talked to the other day was feeling fatigued and kind of just 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 blown away and, and her libido uh, has been affected as well. You know, once we... Once we get the energy back, once we get the vagina where it needs to be and wasting it up, um, we got to take out the sex part too. That sex drive it needs to it needs to come back because that's what will help improve the quality of life. And before I let you guys go, let me just tell you there is a female Viagra. There is a medication that's been created to treat low libido in women and has found to be very effective. Um, I've had patients call me uh, again uh, and again and again to get more uh, once they've had the opportunity to use it. So as we move uh, forward through menopause, as women move through menopause, more specifically, there are ways to increase their quality of life. So I just want to put that out there, too, because we didn't spend that much time on that, Dr. Thun.
0: Okay, well, Dr. Ste, you can't just tease my audience. What is the name of this female Viagra?
1: it's called Vilesi. That is the trade name. You'd have to talk to your gynecologist about it. It's a medication that women can take once um, a week if necessary. Um, And it definitely increases the overall libido. Uh, The recommended dosage is no more than eight doses per month. Uh, I had a young lady who came in. I, I call her a young lady because she was so energetic, fit, exercise every day. She was about 62. And she came in and she said, Doc, I need some more. I said, what, what do you mean you need more? She said, Come out. I said, you're supposed to use it twice a week. She said, I know it's been a week and a half, Doc, but it's been a good week and a half. I said, okay, now listen. <laughs> you have to be mindful because there are, as you know, there's side effects to every medication. And patient has a to depression or any type of a disorder, they have, we have to be very careful in the amount that they take because of that particular side effect. So not to just throw a carrot out and not let your audience really get the the, the, the total back, uh, back and back what I'm saying. We will have the opportunity, I'm sure, Dr. Thomas, to go into a little bit more discussion of sexual dysfunction in the future and the barriers uh, that exist to moving forward and getting around it. But just want to give you that in hopes that your listeners... Uh, will now have hope if they have that decreased libido. Uh, and once they get the, you know, my patients, after they change uh, the overall structure of the vagina, they, they, listen, they're chasing their man around the house. Now, some of them are happy. <laughs> some of them are not. Some of the men are happy, some of them are not. Because now... Now they're diagnosed with erectile dysfunction because they, didn't, they weren't having sex before. So now that they have to have sex three times a week, right. like, it doesn't work. Now they're mad. But yeah. if, if we can increase the overall satisfaction and the quality of life for partners and relationships, I think that should be our goal as well.
0: Okay, okay. So yeah, brothers who are out here and you were acting like you were okay with your girl not having libido because you knew you couldn't get it up. Now you gotta address your issue too. We all have to address our issues. So, ladies, don't go online buying horny goat weed for women. Don't go online buying these um, supplements that have no that are not FDA approved. You have to go to your doctor and get a prescription. How was spelled, Dr. Stitt?
1: V-Y-L-E-S-S-I, I believe.
0: Okay. All right, ladies. So, by let's see, exists there's something for us now. We don't have Viagra, but we have the other V. Uh, Dr. Stitt, before I let you get out of here, I did have a question. I had several questions that women sent in that they wanted asked during this, um, this episode. However, I really wanted to just stick to certain questions before going into specific concerns from women. Uh, possibly next time we can answer the other questions, but the one question I think is the most important one to, to answer is this, um, a young lady underwent a hysterectomy. They left her ovaries. She's saying that she's experiencing menopause in her late thirties because of having a hist- a partial hysterectomy. Dr. Stiff, will you tell the women? If you have a hysterectomy, meaning your your uterus has been removed, but your gynecologist left your ovaries, can they still experience menopause early?
1: So, in general, in general, no. Um, however, performing the procedure hysterectomy may initially reduce some of the blood supply to the ovaries, therefore reduce. Reducing some of the circulating hormones however once your body realizes that that level is reduced it uses those ovaries that are still there to make more so it is very rare that a woman has a hysterectomy and goes into menopause unless she suffers from that premature ovarian failure that i mentioned before and she was Uh going to go to menopause with or without her uterus
0: gotcha all right, wonderful clarification. Thank you for that, guys. Let's give a hand to Dr. Stitt, ooh, yes. Dr. Stitt, thank you very much for being on the couch with me tonight. We appreciate you. Um, I'm going to give you the last word. Any advice for the women and or the men out here?
1: You know, I th- what I would say is, please, 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 if anything changes, in your menstrual cycles, please seek help. Uh, It doesn't really matter who you talk to, uh, but just seek a professional's help to get a diagnosis. It doesn't necessarily mean that something is wrong. It may just mean that you need to change your nutrition and that may correct the problem, but please seek the help of a professional. Guys, understand that your women are getting this information from me and they're gonna come for you. So get yourself in shape get your diet together, get your exercise together so you can perform and make them happy because they're doing the best that they can to make you happy. Overall, I think that this is a very important topic, Dr. Thomas. I really appreciate you inviting me to come out and share with your listeners. And I look forward to our next discussion because I hope that what we discuss resonates not only with your listeners, but they have the opportunity to share with others. I'll make sure that I let some of my fraternity brothers that are part of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated established in 1906 know that we (laughs) are sharing this information with female listeners so that they can get themselves together.
0: All right, Dr. Stick, go ahead. Shout out to to Fred. We see you.
1: (laughs) Okay, I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you, ma'am.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I did leave that out of your bio. I apologize, guys. Dr. Stid is A5A. Do that A5A thing, y'all do.
1: Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> alright All right.
0: All, right. All right, now. <laughs> So guys, that has been the last word. I am not adding anything to that last word because he covered the nutrition and the diet and the exercise, which is important for everyone to feel happy, to be content, to have a great libido, to naturally lubricate. And obviously if those things aren't working, then you got to go and see someone. So, hey, Dr. Stitt, say brain love.
1: Brain love.
0: All right, y'all. Have a great week.